Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Okay, we got to get this going, guys. <laughs> You're breaking things. Oh, boy. Sometimes I'm so glad we don't have Patreons and patrons that see behind the scenes. Hey, <laughs> behind the scenes. What do you mean? Glorious. Because then they'd be listening to they'd love us even more. three minutes of recording that has nothing but us yawning and okay. Christina okay. bumping into a microphone. <laughs> well, you didn't hear a word you said. You didn't hear a word I said? No. And there are so many Instagrams. Don't worry about it. It wasn't oh. that important. There's dog Instagram, so people make oh, Instagram for their dogs. Oh, we have one No, too. it's amazing. Because then there's just dog pictures, and they're the There's cutest. nothing amazing about dog Instagram. Fuck you. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. I I'm sorry. Do you do you enjoy... Do, have you experienced dog Instagram? I have experienced Instagram, and it's enough. No. <laughs> Peep, dogs that have Instagrams. Have you experienced that? Uh, no, uh, I try to have a life. Then you don't know how amazing it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keyword tried to have. A Let's get this show on Let's the road, guys. Well, I mean, come on, we're professionals here. We're already ten minutes behind. Okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's I go. Gotta quote professionals. <laughs> well, we'll have to give up your opening and the chit chat and move right to, you know, <laughs> the dog brilliant moment. All right. God. In three, two. Hi, this is Owen from Rex and Owen and the Skeptical Texans, and we took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that, but with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud of being an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. You just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Coming at you from Better Weather BC This is Left of the Valley My name is Kevin And I've been a single man on the market for so long That I'm about to go on clearance Oh my god <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that hates being accused of lollygagging When we are clearly dilly-dallying That is very true very Yes, I am a dilly-dallier <laughs> She wonders if jellyfish are sad because there are no peanut butterfish. Nancy. <laughs> you know, in a, in a weird way, that makes sense, which means I've been on this show too long. <laughs> and she drives a stolen Tesla, and she calls it an Edison. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Christina. Okay, but I would steal a Tesla, especially the new ones with the moonroofs, and I would, I would name it Edison. And she'll tell you that life is hard. It's harder if you're stupid. Kirsten. <laughs> yeah, but if you're stupid, you don't know any better. That's right. True, very true. <laughs> and he wonders if you've noticed that the word swims is the same upside down. Dominic is here. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that blew my mind. Wait, hold up. I had to think about that for a minute. Guys, welcome back. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to revel in that discovery for a second. It is. It is, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So today we're going to be talking to Steve DeMarco and we'll be talking about uh, his show called Atheist News. But wow. first, let's do a bit of chit chat. You know what? I'm going to make a little parenthesis here uh, because we haven't talked about uh, Mango Mussolini in a while. Uh, there's a reason for what? that. Yeah. You don't want to die from suicide, <laughs> from despair. You know, I, yeah, I, I, 
I marvel at how people can think this man is a, is a genius somehow. Did you guys see that um, <laughs> the uh, Fortune.com came out saying there was a U.S. Uh, the U.S. trade deficit, you know, with the trade war he started doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the U.S. trade deficit is at an all-time high. Shocker. At $891 billion, which is, uh, of course, also a record with China at four, uh, $419 billion. Wow. Because um, he's such a great negotiator. Yes, yeah. he's such a he great negotiator. He's the best. His overall negotiator. goods and service deficit is plus up 19%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are you guys tired of winning down there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to ask <laughs> so that. Are you guys tired of winning? Uh-huh. And I, I got to make this this thing. Did you guys see the, um, he, he was having a uh, some kind of a, um, a press event there, and he had the CEO of Apple Computers, a guy who took over for Steve Jobs, a, 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 a a guy by the name of Tim Cook. Uh-huh. And Trump is so great that he kept calling him Tim Apple. What? Because his Apple computers, right? Yeah. He's so stupid. Well, I know, I know. He's so stupid. So, stupid. so th- this is my third favorite thing to say about Donald Trump now. The, the, my first one is about how he went to Bill Gates and he couldn't say the difference between HIV, which is AIDS, and HPV, the human papillomavirus, right? Oh, Stable he's genius. So stupid. The second one is when he went to the prime minister of Spain and basically he told him he should build a wall across the Sahara desert remember that one yeah yep. a desert not in, only in another country but in another, on another continent he's so stupid and now of course tim apple yeah, he's, so stupid. <laughs> he's he's so brilliant isn't he, he, you, day, day, he is, by day by day we're getting closer and closer to him falling off a cliff oh. being pushed one of the two it's coming but the thing the, the, the thing that scares me is we're in an election one. year now and there is a segment of the Canadian population that actually thinks we need a guy like Trump no at the helm here well they can go off the cliff with yeah him. yeah exactly go off the cliff you know, the interesting thing, just, just to yeah. kind of just to kind of bring this to a to a close one of the reasons that Trump wants to run in 2020 is because if he remains president he can't be indicted yes and it gives I think him, so too I mean what a great reason for somebody to be president of a country so you you won't be indicted you won't for be, those four you won't years. go to jail I, I honestly think that if he doesn't win in 2020 he's not going to give it up yeah there's a lot of people that are starting he's, to say he's that he's not going to give it up he's 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 a fascist yeah like he likes people who get rid of democracy yeah like Do, he's not going to give it up. It's it's starting to become a genuine concern. Does anybody think? I mean, let's just you know we'll kind of prognosticate a little bit. Does anybody think that he's actually going to make it to you know to the election yes. or oh, yeah. that he's going I, to I be? I do. do the, you really think the Republicans, especially with watching the um, seven-hour-long testimony mm-hmm. from Cohen, uh, Michael Cohen, the Republicans are so behind Trump. It's yeah, insane. Exactly, they exactly. have they have hitched their wagon to his, yeah. and they're going down with his ship. They, it's 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 a bit like you know in the atheist world when you say you know the moderate Christians protecting yeah. extremist yeah. Christians. Yeah. This is exactly it. Yeah, like it's, it's anyone... interesting. I just wonder how how close they are with so many things mm-hmm. swirling around. You know the the Republican donors. You wonder when are they finally mm-hmm. going to say you know. That's, yeah, that, that's it. They did with Nixon. But anyway. Anyway, let's, let's stop. Yeah, <laughs> we could talk yeah. about this for literal hours. Did you guys hear <laughs> there are some Canadian wolves that are being imported into Michigan yes, to did. control the moose population? Wow. Yeah, 
and I like moose. So the, 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 they got four Canadian wolves, and they call the elite crack team of wolves. <laughs> will join four American wolves, and they hope to create a new pack, and they, hopefully they'll get busy having puppies and hunting down moose. So <laughs> I think I think they'll they'll succeed. I wonder our, if they, I wonder if they have a green expert. card. I wonder if they have a green card for those wolves. Probably. Did you guys hear that Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, has announced that he's got stage four pancreatic yeah, cancer? Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. Um, he, and he, he did like he always does. He's did it with class and poise and says he's going to keep fighting and keep working. Uh, Trebek, who's 78, has been hosting Jeopardy since 1984. Wow. He was also appointed uh, at the Order of Canada. Yeah, he said he's got... Uh but two or three, three more years three on more his years. contract, so, you know, he's, he's got to be here. He doesn't have, yeah. doesn't have a choice, yeah. Well, I can't see anybody hosting that game but him. Yeah, I hope I mean, he, hope, it's, yeah. Let's it's, hope for the best. It is literally a Canadian dream because he just gets to tell Americans they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Five points for that. It's just, no, did, you're did, wrong. Uh, did you guys hear, points on board. apparently a second individual has actually been successfully cured of HIV yeah. so by happy. stem cell transfusion. Yeah. Um, the first one was about 12 years ago. Uh, the process is apparently very difficult to reproduce. So this is why it took so long to get a second one. Um, so the, this patient, apparently there's, there's been no detectable HIV in him for 18 months now. Wow. Uh, now there are talks of making the uh, treatment actually available, but it's complicated. It could be costly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sure. it is great news for the uh, scientific community. But once, once the breakthrough is there, then things move it's a little just more a qu- rapidly. Yeah, it's just yeah. a question of time before it becomes Yeah, re- they can reproduce. Cheaper. Mm-hmm. They start yeah. walking, and then it's a full sprint. Um, did you guys hear? Uh, there are actually two female uh, a NASA astronaut and a Canadian flight controller that will be the first all-women spacewalk. I did hear about that. time. And this is going to yeah. happen March 29th, a few days from now. So Sweet. Anna McLean and Christina Koch. Hey. Oh, and and uh, Kirsten uh, <laughs> Fessiel. <laughs> Uh, and Kirsten, Kirsten Fessiel. In oh my the- God! It is. <laughs> it's almost you too, right? This is our. Okay, guys, we have to we have to break some news for you guys. We are actually in space right now. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, we always knew. You, we always knew you guys were spacey, and it's about time you admitted it. Oh boy. That cool. Oh, this though. is where I have to play Houston. Houston, we have a problem. That's fun. Houston, that's we fun. have a problem. So, uh, uh, but the, the Canadian flight uh, uh, controller is actually, she's going to be in Houston because she, the flight control center is there. Yeah. But she's she's basically oh. controlling everything from there. Um, since 1998, there's been 213 spacewalks. And this is going to be the first one with mm-hmm. an all-female crew. So that's going to be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Part of 1998? That's great. I mean, since the timing, 1998. everything is so, so perfect for them yep. to to succeed and, and to inspire so many girls. Mm-hmm. You know, by being so visible, I hope they make some tours talking mm-hmm. to some some elementary age wow. and high school age girls. And I've got finally some great news. Guys, remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about the moose war mm-hmm. we have with Norway? Well, we have come to a moose truce. Oh, a moose We've truce. Come to a moose Canada truce. and Norway have come to a moose random of understanding. Moose random. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story, of course, of Mac the Moose, which is that giant moose statue in Moose Jaw, and versus the statue, the the uh, Storalgen in Norway. Now, the mayor of Moose Jaw received the deputy mayor of, uh, of that city in Norway, and they uh, they announced a moose truce, 
And uh, what's going to happen here is Mac is going to get bigger antlers. <laughs> right now, he's standing at 9.8 meters tall, while the other one, uh, Storingen, is st- standing at 10 meters tall. So they're going to put some bigger antlers on Mac, and Mac is going to regain his world's biggest moose, oh. while Storingen is going to be the shiniest and most attractive moose in the world. Oh, they both have titles. That's good. And on top of that, Moose Jaw will be celebrating Norway Day, May 9th, May 17th. And oh. Canada Day was going to be celebrated in Norway on October 15th. Oh, that's oh. so cute. How, how long is it going to take before they get little plush moose? <laughs> Kevin, moose is, say, I want them all. I want 17th? all the plush moose. Yes. You have a that's giant. birthday. There we go. I know, but I want them all. They're probably going to go online. Tuesday this week, which is you know it's probably going to be great for uh, tourism and either one of those cities. Oh yeah, oh, sure. So I, I I think and you know <laughs> this is how you do war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the moose truce. The moose truce. This is how you do war. So uh, to our American listeners, guys, <laughs> take some lessons from Canada and Norway. There you go. <laughs> Forget the guns. Go with the moose truce. <laughs> <laughs> we still have an active battle. There's a little island way out in the ocean that. Yes, we've talked about that too. <laughs> All right, uh, my flag. My dear Nancy, you ready for our top ten for us? I sure am. Okay, this week, our top ten is... Every week I want to say a little different, but we don't have anything the same from week to week. So I'm I'm getting in a rut. I shouldn't say that. Anyway, um, today we're going to talk about ten strange societies you've probably never heard of. This comes from a website called Listverse. There's a lot of good stuff on Listverse if you want to go. All right, buckle up. Okay, here we go. So um, organizations, as we know, are often a way for like-minded individuals to get together and discuss topics or have hobbies that interest them. And they may start, you know, small and then grow, or they may start pretty big and fade away. So Mm -hmm. here's 10 that uh, some are still existing and some have faded away. Um, These are in no order, so even though this one is listed as number 10, it's just a random random number that's assigned. And it's a society called the Alfalfa Club. Alfalfa? The Alfalfa Club. It was founded by four men in Washington, D.C., and it uh, derives its name from the plant. Not the plant itself, but from the roots, because Mm. they... They found that with plants, the roots will allegedly do anything for a drink. So they named, <laughs> that's how they got the name. So, and then they, this, this society was created in 1913 to celebrate Robert E. Lee's birthday. This is obviously no, before, yeah, okay. you know, the Confederate thing. Um, and the society um, was made up of only super, super wealthy or super, super influential people. It's still around, boasts about 200 members, and they have vacancies opening up only when a current member dies. So it's pretty, pretty restricted. New members have to be invited. And actually, the only thing they do is throw an annual banquet dinner on the last Saturday of January. And actually, Obama went to the Alfalfa Club in 2009, and he said... This dinner began almost 100 years ago as a way to celebrate the birthday of General Robert E. Lee. And if he were with us tonight, the general would be 202 years old and very confused. (laughs) 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 It kind of nailed it. I like that. Um, Number nine on the list is a club called the Dill Pickle Club. 
I like this club. Yeah, this I, club is yes, already my favorite. <laughs> now, this was this was another old one that was in 1914, and it actually started by a Canadian whose name was Archibald Jones, who was a Canadian organizer for the industrial workers of the world. But then he moved to Chicago, and the group started there. Um, and and there were a lot of famous people in in Chicago that that were a part of it. But it it really they didn't do a whole lot um, other than um, have a speakeasy and on the sign it said danger and written on the door it said step high, stoop low and leave your dignity outside. <laughs> that sounds like a yep. dill pickle. But they I, they did discuss some labor and societal issues but um, they and they had some uh, some events now and then but it's no, long, no longer there. But anybody who wants to start a club called the Dill Pickle Club I think they've been replaced take, by the Gherkins. Yeah, take it. The Gherkins. The Gherkins. They could be rival clubs, I guess. For everybody this is an English society place. called the UK Roundabout Appreciation Society. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is a really obscure organization, and like its name, it operates under the belief <laughs> that nothing but straight roads leads to unsightly boredom. So they propose installing roundabouts wherever possible, as well as using the land in the middle to place a piece of art, a monument, or even a windmill. Oh, I like it. I like that, actually. They, they obviously have a lot of influence in this town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this was, roundabouts are literally the best. Roundabouts? I love roundabouts. Yeah, this was actually formed fairly recently in 2003, and they go out of their way to photograph the most interesting roundabouts that they that they find, and um, the the guy who started it is known as the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so if you want to look at some of them, you can go online and find the UK Roundabout Appreciation Society. That's I, kind of a that's kind of a fun. I knew Sauron was behind this somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number seven is a group called the Trapdoor Spiders. This was Ooh, I like that. 1943. Glorious. There was a scientist and writer whose name was John D. Clark, and he got married to an opera singer. And his best friend, who's a guy named Fletcher Pratt, just hated this woman. They just from the get-go, they did not get along. So he disliked her so much that he started a male-only club in order to hang out with Mr. Clark, where Mrs. Clark could never get in the door. <laughs> so they called it the trap, the the trapdoor spiders, but from the actions of the trapdoor spider, which pulls a door closed wherever it enters a burrow in order to keep the enemies out. In this case, the enemy being poor Mrs. Clark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We don't know what happened to poor Mrs. Clark, but the trapdoor spiders are... I don't think they're, they're in existence at this That point. reminds me of a toy that's been on sale for a while now. There's a little wooden box, and when you pull the lid, there's this spring oh. that comes in, and there's like this little rubber spider, and it makes it look that the spider's jumping out of the hole to attack your hand as you're pulling the lid, and people are freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that even though they're, um, they're not there anymore, this is really interesting about this particular group, that some of the prominent science fiction writers of the day were members. Isaac Asimov, Martin Gardner, uh, L. Sprague de Camp, some of the more famous attendees. And Asimov's fictional group, the Black Widowers, was actually modeled after the trapdoor spiders. Wow. So that's kind of, that's kind of fun. Um, number six 
the Seven Society. This is really a secret group uh, from the University of Virginia um, and its origins. Nobody even knows how it started. It's very, very mysterious. They have a logo, which is the number seven, surrounded by the signs for Alpha, Omega, and Infinity. Um, this is back in 1905. And um, they have a banner uh, at members' funerals and they um they actually are comprised of a lot of wealthy guys who um, give away a lot of money. So they call it the Seventh Society, and they actually give away like millions of bucks. Wow! You know, to different worthy, worthy wow. groups. Well, if they're listing, you can write your check yeah. to Left and, of the and, Valley. And, and yeah. in 2008, fairly recently, they started a fund for students submitted ideas for improving University of Virginia. Cool. <laughs> this is a, a funny name. Number five, the Gorgomons, G-O-R-M-O-G-O-N-S. They're officially known as the Ancient and Noble Order of the Gorgomons, and it's a secret society. This is where it goes way back, 1724. Hmm, okay. They made an appearance in in London, um, and it actually was formed... Um, by people who didn't want to be Masons and they disliked the Masonic society. So that was, really? you know, that they're, they really haven't done anything, you know, extremely noteworthy. Uh, I, I don't think they're around anymore, but they, I think they actually disappeared before the 1800s. Huh. But interesting, interesting group. This is one that you, that we may have heard of called the Trilateral Commission yes. because there are so many um, conspiracy yes. theories <laughs> that go. And actually, it was founded in 1973 by David Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of... We, we, it's hard to know what the Trilateral Commission actually does or doesn't do because the facts are so shrouded in a lot of the conspiracies that even when you say the word Trilateral Commission, people you know think of dastardly deeds. But it it goes around. Now, number three, I am not going to confirm or deny anything about this society. And I have to give that disclaimer up front. Ancient Assassin Guild. It's the Dur- the Durham University Assassin Society. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to be very neutral. How do I sign up? I may or may not answer questions, but this is a real society located in Northeast England, and it's home to a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which is called Durham Castle, and perhaps a little wet, less known, the Durham University Assassin's Society. It was founded in 1996. It's one of the oldest as well as the most active assassin society in the world. They run a number of different games throughout the school year, ranging in duration from a few hours to a few weeks. The games consist of players attempted to kill other players, normally with a Nerf gun or a cardboard knife. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they give I'm down for this. Yeah. I am... I'm so down for that. Uh, one be one me. Yeah, they give out awards, and most of them are pretty silly, like the Stephen King Award for Best Narration, um, because one year one of the members used poetry to kill her reports. And in addition, there's an incredible amount of rules with amazing specificity which members play the games. So, <laughs> not, not saying anymore. 
about that one. But well, you know, it's a, it's a quick step from Nerf gun to real gun, you know. Real, well, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, there's not a lot of root cold, yep. but whatever. This is a fun one. This is number two. The Uttar Pradesh Association of Dead People. <laughs> Say that five times <laughs> fast. Must be a lively group. It's a lively <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they are. This is what's funny about it. In, in 1975, a guy in, uh, named Lal Bihari applied for a bank loan in his home district of Uttar Pradesh, India. And they didn't give it to him because they said he must have been lying about his identity because he had been declared dead. And, and so it took him 18 years to prove that, that he, was he wasn't alive. really dead. You know, in terms of the... The, the, the paperwork and the bureaucracy, and it turned out that his uncle had bribed an official in order to take care of uh, some of the ancestral money. So after he finally um, got frustrated in trying to do this, he actually made a, a, an effort to find other people who were also declared <laughs> dead, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They were lively. <laughs> <laughs> so there really was an underground collection of people you know, who, who joined the society. And he, the, the um, Bahari, you know, the Ig Awards, the, yes. the, so was, this guy actually won a Nobel Peace Prize in 2003. Nice. But isn't you... that a fun thing? I mean, you've, it's got to be frustrating, <laughs> yeah. you know, for, for you to say, yeah, I'm really alive. 18 years? 18 yeah. years. That's a long time to That's prove your life. That's a long time. But the things that you could get away with. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I robbed a bank. I'm not responsible. But I'm dead. dead. Yeah, that's right. There we go. I didn't rob the bank. Look, yeah. I'm dead. Your that's honor, exactly. your honor. I didn't. I didn't shoot that person. I'm obviously dead. I said, like right. I'm dead. I've been dead for 17 the, years. The bank. The bank exactly. will. The bank will tell you that I'm obviously dead. So there's that's, no way in hell I could have shot that guy. That's. It's a great excuse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe we should start one of these. Yeah. Okay. Last one. I'm looking at you, Kirsten. Yeah. Why? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. You might. This. This group. Um, was um, very well known um, 10, 15 years ago, but it's, it's sort of faded, called the Hemlock Society. Okay. And the Hemlock Society was founded in 1980 by Derek Humphrey in his garage. And actually, it was an organization to help people devise ways to commit suicide when they uh, were unable for you know to die with dignity we Mm -hmm. call Mm. today you know dying with dignity Mm. but these were people who for one reason or another could no longer tolerate living and so they would publish things in the paper about the type of drugs you could use and get a hold of and they weren't Telling people, you know, promoting suicide, mm-hmm. and they got into not promoting suicide. But if you're thinking about it, here's an easy way to do yeah. it. Whoa, that's right. Should yeah. we should we call Eli Bosnick? No. Yeah. Yes, we should. <laughs> but it was for people, you know, for terminable. Mm-hmm. Now it, it happens a lot with ALS patients. Yeah. The, mm, the name. Yes. Yeah. The name came from the story of uh, a Greek philosopher Socrates when he drank the poison hemlock. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. And membership levels plateaued in the 1990s before other like-minded groups sprang up and then it began to decline in 2003 um, they changed their name to End of Life Choices and then mm-hmm. merged with a new organization called Compassion and Choices a year later so they're still around they've just changed their name. I wonder if you can start with the Hamlock Society and then eventually transfer your name to the Umar 
uh, dead, dead people dead society. People. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a definite tie that, that's there. Anyway, that's of all of those... Any, I go through the assassin guilt first. Yeah, right? any, any of those that anybody feels like they would like to run right out and... And oh, the get a membership skills. card? Absolutely. Like the assassins. Uh, yeah, I take the assassins. I'm never well. shooting people with nerf tarts. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, you're all going to join the assassins club? Oh, great. We, we yes. just want to be like you. Great. We'll have four assassins and me on the show. I, I That's great. I, have, I don't want, as I say, I take note, but I do happen to have a few cards in my purse. Okay, so so from now on, the show is going to be called Dead in the Valley. Yes. <laughs> Instead of left. All right, thank you, Nancy. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, All right, my dear Kirsten, you have another brilliant moment for us? I do. Brought, Brought to, to you by religion. Thank you. So, Kevin, let me ask you this real quick. As a beard owner, how attached are you to your beard? It's part of my face. <laughs> okay. But how attached I am? Yeah. Like if I had to shave it I off. Mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Then, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. 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 Did you say beard owner? Yes, I did say beard owner. Not not, not beer, beard, beard. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just confusing you, Dominic. It's all good. You're your young beard grower, slowly but surely. <laughs> Alrighty. So a firefighter from New Jersey is suing his city and fire department. Or sorry, a Christian firefighter. Okay. Get that okay. in there. It's mature. City and fire department. It's very important. Leaders. For making him shave his beard, saying it violates his religious oh, beliefs. Oh, man, this man is stupid. <laughs> Alexander Smith is suing Atlantic City Fire Chief Scott Evans and Deputy Chief Thomas Colony Jr. for violating his religious freedoms under the First Amendment and for violating the New Jersey civil rights. But they would tell you the requirement to shave his beard has everything to do with safety. Uh-huh. Of course. Because your face isn't going to get into a mask with Fa- a beard on. The facial hair can affect the seal of the breathing apparatus mask firefighters wear while battling blazes. As an air mask technician, the role Smith has had since 2015, he has never had to enter a burning building, uh, use the self-contained breathing apparatus mask, or wear a mask of any kind, according to the lawsuit. When he does respond to a fire, it is solely for the purpose of refilling SCBA air bottles, according to the lawsuit. Uh, right. So he may have to respond to a fire, and that's the concern. He's not just yes. working behind a desk. Yes. But if he was to go on a run, he's not actually fighting the blaze. He's in a but pickup truck. The, but the, the point issue is, being, is there is a yes. chance that he might yeah. have to. His, his argument is, I've never had to do it so far, so why should I have to shave off my beard just in case it happens? Well, because I, just in case it happens. And if I, you are on site, then you should have to follow the rules. Then. I guess there's but nothing. But you also would have to go off with the instant policy. command on that. What was that, Nancy? There's not a written policy in the there fire should department be. that there says should. Probably, I know in Vancouver is. and Abbotsford there is, but yeah. I would imagine the there is because think. it is a safety thing. Yeah, yeah. To, to not be... just that. If you're in the middle of a fire, you're fighting fire, and all of a sudden your beard catches on fire. Well, yeah. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, if there was a written policy, <laughs> stop, drop, and roll. Nobody would have a beard. They'd come to work. They don't. Shaven. They They're, usually don't. They, yeah, they yeah. usually do. You, Most firefighters have mustaches because they go to like here. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's usually a, you would see a very minimal. Yeah, and you, you also yeah. you don't see a lot of firefighters with long, long hair either, mm-hmm. right? Because no. it's a safety. It's concern. a safety thing. Yeah. Because you're it's not part of the job. And I see why he's 
And I see why he's attempting to sue them, but... Yeah, it's, like, it's not going to stick. It's not going to stick. So it's, it's, you're the, suing a sin. I'm surprised it's a Christian, though. But although it does say in the Bible that you're not supposed yeah. to shave your beard. Mm-hmm. But usually Christians don't really care about that. It's much more uh, yeah. Islamic or Jew, uh, yeah. Jewish. And they do talk about that. that, saying like it's a scriptural practice that's, encur- that's encouraged because many of the prophets in the Bible wore beards. Um, but it's not mandated. And if you look at the website for his church... Um, where he's a pastor, oh, uh, it doesn't. A pastor on top of that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't oh, include boy. those bylaws or anyone with a beard. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna also, say right now he's probably a volunteer. <laughs> also, you know he's a volunteer. He only began growing out his beard in December. Uh, bruh. So he's a pastor and a volunteer firefighter. So this guy's picture on the calendar Hall of Flames is probably just him <laughs> lifting his ankle. Oh my god. You know? <laughs> so yeah. It seems a little bit silly that he's trying to do all of this because oh, religious shaving the beard. It's like, dude, it's a safety thing. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't. The rules don't stop, uh, like impacting or like stop applying to you because you're religious. But yeah, this is this is this is what this goes back to the conversation we often have with this is sooner or later our society is going to have to come to a point where you're going to have to have a scale as to which right overrights others. Safety exactly. comes first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Safety right. always Especially should come first. In the I, I agree with you, but, but right now in the law, that's not the case. I know, but it should. But it, <laughs> it will eventually down the road once the laws get a bit better. And it's starting to happen. It's starting to happen slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where I say if you're religious... You might as well be religious and have safety on your side. Because yeah. if you're going to go run into a 15,000 degree house that's on fire. Well, the issue is he is not actually yourself. running into the building. And again, on he's, that. Yeah. He's just practicing yeah. for when he goes to hell. <laughs> and again, on that note, if he does have to go in and yeah. grab a fallen firefighter mm-hmm. exactly. and, and drag him out, you're still, you still have to put your SCBA on. Yeah. You still have to put like 15 pounds yeah. well, of and, and I'm pretty sure that even if you're on site, you might have to wear the breathing because you're still close to smoke. It, yeah. all, it all depends which way the wind's blowing, right? Exactly. Be, yeah. There's no wind. It goes straight up. Yeah. You don't need it. But if the it's point is, towards you, ash. Yeah. Say. It's he's on site, so therefore he may have to wear the breathing apparatus, and therefore his beard should not have go. the beard, which can affect the seal, which can mess up the whole thing. So how it's, far has this gotten? Has he actually? I don't, he just filed a suit, but we don't know what happened yet. I don't know yet if it's gotten very far. Um, I'll definitely have to keep tabs on that because it yeah. seems it's like it's a little bit ridiculous that. Yeah, it's it's Christian. If he was, yeah, if he was riding a desk and was never on site, and they did that, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but if he was riding a desk, yeah, what do you think he's doing with his desk there? Oh, go back with sex furniture. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. (laughs) No, but I'm gonna stand by. I'm gonna stand by you on this point where you're on scene and you're on site. Yeah, so you might as well just not have it at all and if in case the wind shifts you need to throw the breathing apparatus on and even the slightest well yeah is gonna allow smoke and whatnot and there's smoke inhalation it's like even at work if like a cashier has to go out into the yard even though they don't work out there if they go out there on shift they have to wear high bits yeah and again, it makes sense. Well, it's because people don't realize that these rules are there. Although they, sometimes these rules get annoying, but they get annoying. But the reason these rules are there is because somebody in the past 
screwed up and fucked yeah. up, right? <laughs> Somebody in the past had a big beard and couldn't put their mask over their face and basically died of smoke inhalation. That's why they have that rule. Otherwise, they wouldn't, right? <laughs> yeah. It's when dumbasses mess up, that's when things... Fix. I mean, humans are pretty stupid as a species when you think about it. You know, you walk into an apartment building and it says second floor with an arrow pointing up. Where else but up with the second floor be? Right? But this is how stupid <laughs> we are as a species. <laughs> it really is, you know? But anyway. Yeah. Oh, I digress. God. Anything else? No, no, that's it for that story. That's it for the... That's, well, it, the, uh, that's it for the firefighter story. Well, you got another story? I do, but it's a little bit longer and I know we're running. No, we're good. We're good? All righty. Round two. Oh, is this? Oh, yes, it's that one. Yes, it's that one. Table. <laughs> Round two. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. The ultra-orthodox Jewish community is infamous for altering images to remove women, lest anyone get the wrong idea they're equal to men. Yeah. Uh, the actual excuse is that pictures of women might offend the community's stringent modesty standards. Our very faces. That's sexist. Very yes. Oh, let me let me get you just started here before you get going. They removed Hillary Clinton from the iconic picture in the White House Situation Room during the Osama bin Laden raid. They removed <laughs> German Chancellor Angela Merkel and Paris Mayor Anne Hidalgo from a picture of world leaders. They even removed Jennifer Lawrence from posters of the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah. Why are you doing this? Now the yourself. question is, did they remove her from the movie? <laughs> So, with that in mind, now this goes back to 2017, but this is taking, there's a bit of a lawsuit kind of taking place now. Um, This little no women in media kind of rule extended to an Ikea catalog for a store in Israel, leading to the, leading the furniture giant to apologize for the actions of one of its branches. And now they're being sued for gender discrimination over the incident. Rightfully so. Yeah. Want to hear what they did? They removed all women and girls from the entire catalog. Bruh. Yeah. And that's going to fix a thing? Well, it means you won't see them. Yep. Out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> so. You know, it kind of makes you wonder. And, you know, if they, if they have like a, like a, a, a Victoria's Secret catalog and they have all these women, you know, dis- huh. displaying bras, but they erase the women. Do they just have floating bras? <laughs> Yes. No, is that, is that, you get like three pages Those of floating okay. bras. That's fine. That's fine. Without no, the women. Plaster, that's without the women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess really. the, the objection is that they are not modestly dressed or that they're they're showing these women alongside men and men I and women are not supposed so. to occupy. Since they're not married, they're, they can't be seen together that's enough because you know in orthodox in ultra orthodox temples men and women don't sit side by yeah. side they have yeah. separate mm-hmm. uh, places but the women are modestly dressed uh, a lot of them have wigs they have their their hair covered and they have the wigs on so it's kept very if that's the same uh, reasoning I don't know if that's the same reasoning because I mean I imagine if you're doing the catalog you could absolutely kind of incorporate keep that modesty in it like a, an I mean catalog. but those women would have to have longer I mean they, their skirt yeah. size their arms couldn't be exposed and things like that but, mm-hmm. <sighs> but the multi-million dollar lawsuit was filed as a class action case at the Jerusalem District Court on Tuesday on behalf of Hannah Katzman an orthodox woman from mm-hmm. the Israeli town of Patak Tikva. Say that again. No. <laughs> um, an advocacy group, the 
Israel religious action, according to Haaretz. It's a name. So she discovered the edited catalog in her mailbox in 2017 and then enlisted the help of the Advocacy Center, which specializes in gender discrimination on religious grounds. And they've now launched a legal battle against the Israeli branch of IKEA. So it'll be interesting Interesting. to see where this goes. I think just from these just hearing that and only the both sides i think it's probably gonna pass but not for the multi-million no um what they're asking for is they're asking ikea to pay compensation of 1500 shekels or about 415 dollars to almost 10,000 ultra-orthodox women because the company allegedly severely insulted angered and traumatized the catalog recipients it's also asking for normal catalog with photos of both men and women to be distributed throughout the community huh. which that's a fair that's fair the catalog, like it's a fair and it doesn't seem like a lot of money like per person but i feel like this might be more than just the getting the compensation it might be like a little bit what are you doing? You took an entire catalog and this isn't going to be like a small catalog. Like it's not just like 10 pages. It's like, uh-huh. you know, not Sears wish catalog, but like it's going to be pretty thick it's to be edit like a out book. all the women. It just seems a bit ridiculous. Who would take their time to do that is my question. Kind of like, as a, so, sort of as an aside, wage. Sort of as an aside, the, the latest Netflix show that is become a blockbuster for um, American Jews as well as Israeli Jews is called Shtesel, S-H-T-E-S-E-L, which is the last name of an Orthodox family. And the show is about an ultra-Orthodox mm. family. It was filmed for two seasons mm. and gives people insight into the kinds of um, um, controversies and problems that they have living in, in Israel and trying to maintain their orthodoxy. Hmm. Um, and it's it's one of the first, I think, if not the first one, that um, is sympathetic, you know, but also shows, you know, how difficult it is to bind yourself in to yeah. those restrictions. Yeah. So yeah. anyone who's interested in learning a little bit more about orthodoxy yeah. and, and what it's like to be yeah. orthodox, it's uh, it's supposed to be, I mean, it's just taken off. I'll like they finished, they finished the two seasons and now it's, you know, should they do a third one or not? Yeah, it's it's uh, unfortunately as soon as it's a religious thing, you know, it's self-imposed shackles, right? <laughs> it really is that. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a good yeah. watch. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Kirsten. No problem. Thank you so yeah, much for good that. One. So let's have a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to the guy from Atheist News. Looking forward to that. That should be interesting. Yeah. So stay with us. Attention, fellow Atheist Podcast listeners. We are the Godless Heathens Podcast. Here's the details with no fine print. We got new episodes available every other Sunday. Sunday! 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 There's three of us, just like the Holy Trinity. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. Coming to you from a spare bedroom in exurban Atlanta. Where we'll examine the crossroads of politics and religion, but from the secular perspective. Sometimes we get heavy, sometimes we get deep. And no one is above reproach or mockery, especially each other. It's more of what you want and less of what you don't. So open your hearts and minds to the godless heathens in your podcast rotation. And you just might learn something too. apart by 
And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt. And I claim that right. In the morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast. And if you subscribe now, you'll get free... about the broadcast at therighttoreason.com. God wants, and I know what he says in his book, I have access to a higher authority. Now, what I want you, I'll ask, how does he know that? And by what right does he claim to know the mind of God? And if you were a serious spiritual person, wouldn't you think it was a bit much that someone said they could come before you and tell you what God wanted? Yes, he's a YouTuber, and he's got this great channel called Atheist News. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer, Steve DiMarco. Thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right. So, you know, we, we've been following your little channel there which, uh, with uh, admiration and all that, and, but uh, a lot of people out there might not know who you are or what you're all about, so maybe you give them a, a good bio as to who Steve DiMarco is and what's the genesis of Atheist News. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I'm not uh, much to talk about. I'm a pretty ordinary guy. Okay, well, thank uh, you for joining us on the show, then. <laughs> Have a great day, sir. Good night. No. <laughs> uh, but honestly, it was uh, a couple years ago, I was thinking about, you know, wanting to view a channel like the one I made on YouTube, and I just couldn't find anything that was what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, you know what? Why don't I just start the channel myself? And uh, to be honest, there was three different topics. I was, if I was going to start giving so much of my time and attention towards anything, there was three general areas, I realized. It could either be about atheism it could be about equality, whether it's gender equality, racial equality, uh, you know, sexual equality, or, uh, you know, I'm a huge nerd, so it, it could have been that, you know, <laughs> my three passions in life. You fit right and, in uh, here. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, when, it, when it came down to starting, like, a nerd-centric channel, uh, to be honest with you, there's plenty on YouTube. Like, I would have been lost in the shuffle within moments. Uh and when it comes to equality, I'm, I, do, I didn't feel like I had enough perspective on it because I am a straight white male, you know. Not to say that I couldn't start a channel like that. I just felt like, I, like I said, I, I just didn't feel like I had the proper perspective. I wouldn't have had the insight that others had. And uh, that left atheism, and uh, I'm so happy I chose it because I remember when I first started the channel, uh, it was very rudimentary, didn't have a clue what I was doing, but when I finished it and uploaded it, uh, 
I'd never felt so fulfilled in, on anything I had ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. No, yeah. I, 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 I could totally understand. We had a similar journey ourselves. Uh, so, so, so now you, your channel basically focuses mainly on just debunking the kind of religious news you hear or just laughing at it? Or what exactly are you trying uh, to do? Uh, just reporting it. Just reporting uh, it. You know, uh, so yeah, you're so like the Walter Cronkite of atheist news now. <laughs> so much of news regarding uh, atheism or religion doesn't get reported on the national level. Mm. And, uh, I, you know, I've had a few people over the years comment and say, like, why, do you, why are you doing this? You know, this is just regular news. You don't need to have it called atheist news. And I'm like, well, you know, why are there channels on movie news, you know, or sports yeah. news? Like, it's just a way to narrow it down for people who are looking for this type of story. Yeah, there's, a, and, uh, there's a whole channel called Fox News, and there's no Fox on there whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> false I have advertising. Completely false advertising. <laughs> when, when, when did you start, Steve? How long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, well, it's a YouTube channel. Uh, it's not, I don't, uh, I, I have no expertise in podcasts whatsoever, so... Um, it's just a YouTube channel, and I started in September of 2016, oh. and I used to do it every week mm -hmm. and just report on the different news stories that are happening around the world, and uh, then I started thinking about other shows I would be interested in having on the channel, and so I wound up switching Atheist News to every other week, and on the off weeks from Atheist News, I do another type of show just this morning. I uh, uploaded uh, what I started was an Atheist Hall of Fame, which uh, sounds corny, I know, but it's a way to celebrate people throughout history who have contributed to atheism in some way, and they don't even have to be an atheist. The first entrant into the Atheist Hall of Fame that I did was Charles Darwin, oh, cool. because I felt like his, even though he wanted, the most he ever became was an agnostic, but his dedication towards finding out and coming up with the theory of evolution, you know, really spearheaded the whole questioning of, you know, the origins of humanity mm -hmm. for a lot of people. So I felt like that was such a great contributor to atheism in general. So, so Steve, I know that we're obviously nominated for the uh, Atheist Hall of Fame ourselves. <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm just wondering if our in invite yes. got lost in the mail. Uh, I just haven't gotten that far. <laughs> okay, oh, okay. Saving uh, the best for last. Show, good man. Gravity, I, I only do the Atheist Hall of Fame once every three months. That way I'm just not like log jamming a ton of wait. people into the Hall of Fame right away. Yeah, we can wait. We can wait. But if you wait too long, we send Nancy your way. <laughs> so, oh boy. So if we went back into your archives to the um, the shows that you started, would we then get a, a a current running of what has been new? You know, since that time, do you do the current news, or do mm -hmm. you get in depth with with some of your stories? How, how have you organized it? Well, uh, when I. Uh upload an atheist news it's whatever news has happened in the last two weeks mm. and um i get sources from all over the internet on uh and i would say more than 50 percent of them never make it past the local level mm. uh which is you know shocking to me because some of these stories are horrific and they don't go past the local news on you know just some random web page and it blows my mind um Every year, I do a, like a year-end review. You know, I'm in my third year, so I've only done it twice now. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, on the year in review, I do a separate video of how many uh, news stories I've done in that year regarding priests, pastors, any kind of religious leader uh, being arrested for sexually assaulting children. And as horrific as it is, the first year I reported on it over 50 times. So in the nice. second year, it was over 100 times. Jesus. And God. it's like, how can this continue to go under the radar? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, Steve, Steve, I'm hoping, you know, a lot of uh, atheists, if you ask them, they're the primary source for uh, atheist stories and news stories, they'll probably say something like Patheos, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm hoping that your channel becomes a... a, a a competitor, in a way, in a healthy competition, of course. Oh, um, to Patheos. I, I, I get a, probably about a third of my stories I get directly from you know something that Patheos did, whether it's uh, Hament Matter or uh, you know uh, David G or yeah, Sarah Beth yeah. Kaplan, who's not even atheist. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, hoping, they, I'm hoping you can get in, in touch with uh, either Hemant or, or David G McAfee, and uh, and uh, you guys can have some kind of co cooperation down the road. I sure hope that happens. Uh, I hope so, and uh, again, back to the year-end review, because they contribute so much to my news stories, I do a top five like winners list and top five losers list of the of the year, and both years, uh, Man Man and Pathios, you know, they, they were number two, be just because of how much they report mm -hmm. every week, you know, they they are diligent, they, they go that extra mile, they call up people they get that information out to people and i don't want to be a competitor with them i actually credit them you know because with every news stories i give a source where i got that information from because i don't want to act like i'm the one doing all this work either no, uh, but i feel like i am different because i am supplying this news you know on a bi-weekly basis but i'm also doing it in a news show format which might be more comfortable for some people who don't want to sit there and read an article yeah, no, no. And when I meant competition, I didn't mean you know compete against. I mean like you know, we we need <laughs> oh, more. I, I, we need I more like. <laughs> yeah, I I said I meant to say we need more outlet like yours and and Patheos out there, so we don't so we have several sources that can confirm, especially when you got a big story, right? So mm -hmm. so speaking of sources, what other sources? Or, or maybe I should ask, um, how how do you vet your sources to make sure they're reliable? Uh well um. Like 90% of the stories I, I report on, they're either from Patheos, which I consider to be very trusted, or they're from a, a local affiliate of a news station. Like, it's not like some random news organization that is sketchy. You know, I, I'm not getting any news from Breitbart or anything like that. What? Breitbart? <laughs> I thought for sure they were reliable. Uh, no, can we now? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of times I will see if if a story sounds sketchy, I will see if it's reported on by more than just them as well. Like, if it's been reported on by several sources, the most recent story that was kind of sketchy, but wound up being true was... Um, about a month ago, there was a story about a little boy who was killed in Saudi Arabia uh, because his family was a Shia Muslim. Uh, and that's all it took. A mob just straight up murdered this, uh, like, a five- or six-year-old boy in front of his mother. Oh, my God. And uh, it, it sounded sketchy, and it's hard to get news out of an area like Saudi Arabia out there. The, the outrage was so powerful over this horrific attack, even though it was on the... Uh, 
Muslim minority that uh, it had been reported by several outlets. Like it wound up being credible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what do you do if there's a story that it seems credible, but you can only find, say, one or two people reporting it? I have to let it slide. Yeah. Uh, I, I just like. I let it go because, to be honest with you, the show usually clocks around 20 minutes long, and for a lot of people, that's that's too long as it is. Uh, so I just have to stick with what can be verified. Understandable, and then it, it helps people watching your show real like um, be more confident in what you're reporting if you're not mm-hmm. just and reporting it. things that have coming out of one news source. And that's why I also go that extra mile of putting in the source for each story. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the start of every story, there's a little chyron at the bottom, like you see in the news, and it says in there exactly where I got this information that's awesome. from. So when do you, so you do your year end um, in in January? Do you you do your year end in in December. Uh, December? What the reason I'm asking is because um, what were your top two or three stories for for last year? Just to kind of mm. give us an idea of, yeah, of idea. what happened that we may not have been aware of uh, until you put it on your show. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I do my year-end reviews in September because that's oh. when I started the channel. Oh, okay. uh, so it's like a full calendar year for the channel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, in terms of top stories, you know, it's hard to remember. I I do roughly twenty some stories every other week, so it's hard to remember specific ones from a total year. But I don't do a top ten stories just that way. I do a top ten worst stories, top 10 positive stories, because so many of my stories are negative that I have to remind people there are positive stories out there, such as when the Catholic Church in Canada uh, made several new policies to protect children, such as children are not allowed to be alone with priests in Canada anymore. (laughs) And the Catholic Church actually implemented these rules. It wasn't the Canadian government that started it and I thought that was a positive story to report on mm-hmm. you know I may be an atheist but I'm not going to you know I want I want the news to be neutral I want to give people the facts you know oh come and, on come on Steve as an atheist you know full well the code we're supposed to lie <laughs> our way because Satan ordered us to do so exactly. come on uh yeah <laughs> I do a top ten positive, top ten worse, and top ten weird. And there are some weird stories out there, like how ISIS banned cats at one point uh, from having what? sex indoors. Uh, oh my god! And the story of how in I think it was either Alabama or Mississippi, uh, a man on death row, his final meal was a Christian Bible. He sat there and ate it in front of them. Yes, I remember seeing that. That is what? amazing. That is weird. He ate, the, he ate the Christian Bible at his final meal. Hey, well, you don't have to worry about digestive issues. <laughs> Lots of fiber. Lots of fiber. Well, I mean, the, you're also the prison was to... like, well, it was under the $20 limit, and we didn't really think he was going to do it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's like when Klinger tried to eat a Jeep. What? Could you imagine the people sitting there watching him being like, oh my god, he's actually going to eat it. They probably thought he was like possessed by a demon or something. There were bets made on that, guaranteed. Once you reach a layer of Thessalonian, it becomes a lot sweeter. (laughs) There was bets. Where can I enter it? So, so Steve, am I I correct to think that right now, mostly your Atheist News Channel is a a one-man show? 
but yes, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that eventually you'll have plans to build a team and have a couple of people help you with all that, right? Uh, I would love it. However, it's all like I don't get paid to do this at all. You know, no, I have not. I have a full time job. You know, I have my wife and my two year old. Uh, so right now, it's all just done in my free time, mm -hmm. which is very limited. <laughs> Especially when with a two year old, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, the issue is that as much as I would love, you know, I've been growing my channel. I'm uh, just a hair under 1,000 subscribers right now, uh, which is when the potential for monetization kicks oh, in nice. on YouTube. Nice. Well, let's, um, let's let's hope that maybe after this part of this podcast, instead of going down, <laughs> it might go up a bit. Yes, because we have come so on, many listeners. Come on, listeners out there, go up Atheist News. Hit <laughs> yeah. Atheist News. Give Steve a little like, boost comment, there. and subscribe. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, That's comment, what? and subscribe, and mm -hmm. ring that bell. So, so do you see? We were talking about the worst shows and, and more positive shows. Are you seeing any positive trends about atheists mm, being good question. perhaps more accepted or more acceptable? Uh, well, I was listening to your uh, most recent episode with uh, Matt Dillahunt. Hey, we have a listener. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And he was he he echoed what's uh, been a very positive trend, which is the rise of the non-religious over the years. You know, more and more polls, more and more. Uh, you know, millennials that are growing up are more and more non-religious, and uh, that's that's been the most common trend. Uh, another common trend that I'm actually going to start in a new series uh, at the end of this month is going to cover blasphemy and how many countries are now starting to outlaw, uh, not overturn their laws on blasphemy, I should say. Uh, just uh, on the last episode of Atheist News, New Zealand officially got rid of their blasphemy. Whoop, whoop, go New Zealand! Also, in, in the same branch, Jeez. there's also a lot of countries right now that are starting to outlaw um, criticism of countries like Israel. Ugh, kill me now. Right? So it's it's not blasphemies per se, but it's pretty damn close to that when you think about it. Yeah, America just had a fun little spat with that. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> I found out apparently in France, in France it's, it's, it's against the law to really like publicly... Uh, announce Israel for something. Serious? France? Yeah, in France. That's random. I thought so too, but apparently it's it's against the law, so wait, 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 wait. that's very Weird. interesting. I wonder France, where it came from. Powerful lobbies. Yes. <laughs> that's where well, uh, another, uh, another series I do is called Atheist Adventurer, hmm. and uh, that might be something I would touch upon in that one. In that series, I basically take take a random country and I go over its history regarding religion and where it stands today on atheism and religion. Interesting. And uh, uh, I've done episodes on Sweden, which is very complicated. It's got a very high population of atheists. However, a very high population of those atheists don't like to be called atheists. Uh, and uh, I've done uh, Spain, which is uh, becoming used to be a highly Catholic country and in the last 20 years has really swung the other way and now their prime minister of Spain is an open atheist. Really? Uh, and uh, I've done, the most recent one I did was Australia. Uh, but I know I need to, like, I know, I know I want to vary the areas of the world. Like, I don't want to concentrate on European countries yeah. or we'll you know, anything like that. We'll invite the you to do one about Canada. The, the, 
the two that were requested of me took the longest because they have such a complicated history, and that was Egypt and India, and those episodes are long. Egypt is very confusing. No, but I mean, if you if you end up doing one about Canada, we'll be more than happy to be consultant for you. I mean, (laughs) we've been up here for a little while, so and Nancy used to be an American, and she's moved on here, so she's got that perspective as well, which is very nice. I know Canada's made a lot of strides. Uh, however, uh, I know there was a lot of history regarding uh, the indigenous uh, Native Americans. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Sorry, great team. Yeah, we've had a lot of issues. Just, being just horrible to them. Yeah, just just for yeah. your um, edification, if if you haven't looked into um, the the different cities in Canada and, and how liberal or how uh, conservative they might be, we live in an area that's called the Bible Belt of Canada, mm-hmm. and, and it's very conservative, and it's difficult um, for the, um, th- there are 100 churches in this town, I think there are about 180,000 population, and there's almost literally a church on every, um, oh, yeah. Every, yeah. At every yeah. corner. So for and, America, we would be very, very liberal. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and and it, it's interesting liberal. that we do our show, you know, from from the they call where they they buckle it up this yeah, is exactly. this is where the bible belt buckles it up because we've made some strides in in getting you know recognition and and respect but not not as much as it, we'd like but we we keep plugging away and hoping yeah. that uh, that people here you know realize that uh, you can be good without god but mm-hmm. at this point it's a work in progress <laughs> so for your atheist adventurer series is there any country that you're for yourself really excited to do uh well that's another thing i have to juggle is my own personal interest versus how many views i'm going to get for a video yeah there's a country i want to do in south america uh i'm i'm spacing right now on it i want to say it's uruguay and uh the reason i'm curious to do uruguay is because south america is like wildly religious and heavily religious uruguay is like 50 percent religious and all the countries in south america for some reason that one little country has a massive non-religious population especially in comparison to every other country Mm -hmm. on the continent however i also know that uruguay is not the most popular or interesting country for a lot of people so i'm putting it on the back burner because like I said, the most recent episode I did was Australia because I have a feeling, you know, it does have an interesting history and more people might be interested in watching it. Uh, another country that fits the bill for a different reason is Kenya, which is interesting to me because it is its uh, demographics is literally like 50% Christian, 50% Muslim. Really? And wow. It's got a very large population, so I want to do the research and find out what the dynamics of that are like. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that also where Obama was born? Yeah, totally. No. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Kevin, 
No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it sounds like you've got a lot of irons in the fire. And, yeah. You know, looking at, at atheism and religiosity, you know, for a number of oh, different yeah. I have uh, I have so many different series I do uh, and so many things I want to do. It's just a matter of having time to do them, which I currently don't. No, I don't. Uh, but I'm always everyone like once a year because I'm I'm always ashamed about asking for money. But once a year, I'll do like a video about, you know, hey, I have a Patreon. You know, if I get enough donations, I can just quit my job <laughs> and just do this and I'll pump out, you know, a ton of videos every week because mm-hmm. I also have a series called Take On Religion, which is uh, kind of like a pop culture uh a pop culture show, video game, movie series, anything, their take on religion. I've done Star Trek The Next Generation takes on religion and how that show viewed religion mm-hmm. and show different clips throughout the series. Um, I have a series called Godsmacked I just started, which kind of like gives a history of a specific god. You know, I did an episode on Ares, the god of war. I did an episode on Kamazots, the Mayan god of death. Well, you, you've got and, like 10 things going on here at the same time? What the hell, man? Yeah, uh, like I said, I do Atheist News every other week. And on those off weekends, I basically have like a whole library of different series that I just cherry pick from. Oh, what, I have, yeah. what have I and I done for a few months? And uh, once a month, I also do a science news show because I felt like as an atheist, science is important, too. And for the first year of atheist news, I included science news stories in with atheist and religious stories. And uh, I had a few people complain about that and saying that's not really why they came to the channel. And I understood that. So I kind of spun it off into its own show. Mm. Well, you can't please everybody. And, you know, I feel completely inadequate because we just do a, <laughs> an audio podcast once a week. And it's already a lot of freaking work. So, hats off to you, good sir. No, I, I really, I love the concept of, of your show that there's always, there, there's something new that you're researching, a, a different perspective, you know, on, on topics that people feel, oh, we know all about that, but they don't. You, you're bringing, you know, something new and something, something fresh every, every other week. So it's, it's a channel that, that more people should be listening to. And yeah, I hope you attract, yeah. you know, I hope you doubled your listeners every month. That would be wonderful. <laughs> I, and you know, I also like the fact that his atheist adventures that he said there yeah. that could quickly morph into atheist tourism. You know, yeah. a guy where, where, atheist where are you not going to be murdered immediately? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please avoid Bangladesh. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh yeah. That battle. I'm going to be doing more research on Bangladesh because you know over the years I've had to do a lot of news stories regarding you know the murders that have happened yeah. to atheists there. But with my blasphemy series that I plan on starting at the end of this month, of course it's going to come in, come into uh, focus there. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! Fantastic! So- I'm, ex- I'm excited to go and listen to all your back catalog. Yeah. I haven't listened to a lot of your videos, so I'm like, yay! Listening for the next two months. Oh, yeah, and I, I've organized all my different series into playlists, too. So oh, my if gosh, you're the amazing. You are so the if best. There's, you know, if, you, if, you like, if you're like, you know, I like the idea of this Atheist Adventurer series, you know, they're all organized on a specific yeah. playlist. I, I think that way one, you don't have to dig through all the videos to find them. I think the one uh, that I'm most excited for is actually the, the religion in, um, like, pop culture. Because mm-hmm. there, there's so many movies and TV shows... Well, I've only done three of those so far. Yeah. Um, 
and they're some of my older videos. I plan on doing more this summer, awesome. but I've only done three so far. One on Star Trek The Next Generation, one on uh, the television show uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, nice. And one on the video game series Mass Effect. Yes. <laughs> But I plan on doing one on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I plan on doing one on Indiana Jones. You know, because there are there there are plenty of shows for me to do all the time. It's just you know no no time for it all. No, it's great. They're like mini college uh, courses or seminars (laughs) and so many different. Did you come? Late to atheism, or is this your background where you were you were raised? Uh, to be in honest with you, I'm kind of a jack of all trades nerd. So I always explain to people that I love stories, uh, whether it's books, movies, TV shows, video games. If it's great story, I'm into it. And that took up so much of my time that I never dived heavily into atheism Be- until I realized how important it was to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've received a little bit of, you know, discrimination here and there regarding atheism. When I was in high school, I dated a, a Muslim girl. And uh, when she found out I was atheist, it didn't last long much after that. And I just had no idea that that sort of thing existed in the U.S., you know, that, you know, relationships could be hurt by the fact that I was an atheist and um, and just over time it it just kind of became more and more apparent to me and then when I moved to the south where I'm at now there's as you said before where you're at there's churches on every street Mm -hmm. and I moved down here and I was like how are they not driving each other out of business (laughs) like churches are a business how are how are these all still operating yeah, yeah, indeed. Oh man, I think the girls are going to be looking up your channel real quick. You, oh, you just, I'm already subscribed. You just awakened the uh, inner nerd there. Oh yeah, I'm I'm checking out, and you can ask me anything you want. It's it's all up in my head because I'm the only one working on it. Definitely. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's you know, I I first I come up with the idea, I research the idea, write it up, film it edit it, upload it, all on my free time. That's a lot of work, man. That's a lot of work. Oh, boy. So, Steve, what's coming up for the channel there? What are, you, what are your future plans? Where, where is it headed? Uh, well, I'm always thinking ahead because, as I said before, there's so much I want to do. It's just a matter of fitting it in. Uh, so I did a four-part series called The History of Atheism before, and it was like throughout the history you know, there was four different eras. There was early civilizations and how how much atheism there was. And it was mostly centered in India, actually, because Buddhism and Jainism are, are both atheistic religions. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was uh, the Middle Ages, you know, a very dark time for atheists. Yeah, there was uh, the Age of Enlightenment, which was, um, you know, mostly centered in Europe, where uh, philosophers really started questioning religious beliefs and then there's the modern era so what i'm going to do starting at the end of this month is a series called the history of blasphemy uh which as i said before i'm going to go over you know the past uh current laws on blasphemy mm-hmm. i'm going to go over scientific discoveries that were at odds with religion you know in terms of you know the earth revolves around the sun and yeah. you know uh, so there, there's just so much material there that I'm going to try to also squeeze into a four-part series. Wow. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, it's just a matter of 
what what haven't I done in a while? What's what am I gonna do next? Like uh, <laughs> I have a series called Science versus Religion, and uh, I go over how science views a topic and how religion views it and why they're at odds with each other. I did an episode on gender equality. And, you know, plenty of religions certainly like to say one gender is better than the other, but how does science view it? And I actually went into the DNA, of, you know, researched the DNA of men and women and how compared the differences and how much, it, you know, when it comes to science, it really doesn't matter, those differences. Mm-hmm. You well, know? And especially when you realize there are so many um, uh, other genetic differences, like there are genetic traits that aren't like man or woman Mm -hmm. and i talked about that in terms of uh i researched uh brain scans and as it turns out uh when it comes to a brain being more feminine or masculine in terms of their behavior there is no set diagram you know it really is pretty random Mm -hmm. uh and the physical differences of men and women had to go back towards uh, when we were apes and how uh because women uh, or children, they needed a lot more of their genetics aimed at the having to address that, mm-hmm. whereas men didn't. So they just bulked up as a result. And uh, why men have Adam's apples and women don't had to do with testosterone levels. Women wanted, you know, with female apes, I should say, wanted to have children with male apes that had more testosterone so a deeper voice kind of fooled women into thinking that they had more testosterone mm-hmm. wow. you know it, it, anyone who is questioning anyone let me start over again anyone who is religious at, at this point but wondering whether or not they want to stay in that religion and having doubts listening to your podcast gives someone a perfect entree into atheism mm-hmm. and what it's all about what do atheists think how do they behave like where did they come from it's yeah. just you know anybody that i know from now on who is really thinking of uh, deconverting or just having questions i'm going to lead them straight to your yeah, podcast because yeah, yeah. it's it's a, it's a wonderful way to grow you know in into the atheist uh, thought process. I mean, you can talk about so many things. He's talking about Star yeah. Trek and transgender, which yeah. makes me wonder, you know, on Star Trek, do you think the bathrooms are like men, women, and other? Uh, no, I think they're probably all just like gender neutral because there are... If you have to pee, you have well, to pee. And, and there's non-human... Yeah, the yeah. other. Um, uh, yeah, but we just... Well, luckily Star on Star Trek, most care. of the races are humanoid, so you Very don't have true. to change a whole lot. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Hopefully, the other yeah. is about the same. Now the question is, do they have three shells? <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference. Do I want to know? No. That's a reference to an old movie with Sylvester oh, Stallone. But it's the best movie. Man. That's right. Ten points for that one. So, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show today and explaining all that to us. But the mic is all yours, my friend. If people want to find out more about uh, your channel and where to find you, where do they go? All right, so my YouTube channel is very easy to find. It's youtube.com slash C, which stands for channel, slash Atheist News. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very happy when I was able to snag that specific address. Easier to find. Perfect. And uh, I'm also on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, at Atheist News Show. And um, 
that's that's really all I'm at. Perfect. Uh, since I'm doing it all by myself, I don't have like a huge network that I operate out of. Well, hopefully, you know? you, hopefully we can help and get you a, to a bigger one soon enough. <laughs> and please send me the yeah. links too, so I can put them in the notes of the show. Cool. Perfect. And uh, when it comes to watching, if you're new to my channel, just watch more recent videos instead of my oldest videos first because as i said i was learning as i was going along so when i first started out it's very rough you know oh. and then as time went on the videos got more and more better quality i learned how to use a green screen i learned how to get better audio in the videos you know so uh if you start from the more recent videos it's it's easier for people to watch trust me the listeners of this show know this for a fact because if you go listen to our old shows they they are rough they are very <laughs> rough <laughs> so steve thank you so much for joining us today but before i let you go i gotta have you say hi i'm steve demarco of the atheist news and i took a left of the valley hi i'm steve demarco of atheist news and i took a left at the valley Fantastic. hard left hard <laughs> <laughs> And that was Steve DiMarco of Atheist News. What an interesting guy. He's great. That was, mm -hmm. he's, that was good. He's absolutely wonderful. Holy there crap. Any, is there anyone else that's doing this on a regular basis? Well, you know, I, I used to say that, you know, Aaron Raw was the hardest working man in atheism, but you might have a challenger here. Yeah. My God, this guy's all over the place. He's, oh, yeah. he's doing all these shows and he's just branching in all kind of directions. He's no like a hub. He's yeah, like a he's, hub, you know? He's putting all the hard work. He's verifying and researching and making sure that mm -hmm. everything that, that he says is, is verified. So out there, to all the people listening to the show that be listening to this, uh, give him, give Steve some love there. Go, oh, go to yeah. his channel and help him uh, get over the 1,000 mm -hmm. uh, sus subscribers. Uh, don't do the usual, <laughs> which is the other way around. <laughs> they come on our show, they decrease in views. No, no. <laughs> Does that really happen? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm so gullible. <laughs> Self-deprecation uh, humor. Anyway, so that'll be fun. So we'll keep an eye on Steve, and uh, we'll make sure that uh, he comes back on the show and uh, see where he goes. And hopefully his uh, channel grows really big. That'd be really kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, we wish him all the luck in the world. He's just a really neat guy. Yeah, exactly. All right. So thank you so much for joining us on the show, guys. Uh, thank you for Steve for being on the show, mm -hmm. and thank you for listening. You can follow us at leftofthevalley.com. You can follow us at, at on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV Podcast. Send us an email at leftatvalley at outlook.com. Don't forget, we are coming on our five-year anniversary. We want to hear from you. Yes. If you have questions, you send us questions. We will answer them on the phone. Like, how tall is Dominic? Is he really six foot four, 300 pounds? You will find out. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> and you can also uh, support the show on uh, Patreon uh, at uh, Patreon slash LATV. Give us a five-star review wherever you find us, even despite my bumbling of the show <laughs> half the time. That really helps us and helps others find the show. Okay, what are you guys coming up, guys? I never remember. Yeah, and literally before never. Before we start doing all of that, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Ethan. He's oh, there we go. Full time listener to the show. <gasps> he Yay! Hi, Ethan. Yes, he wants to come Hello. on to the show whenever he has a chance. So we should totally do, do a show. We should totally do a show about atheism and the youth. Yeah. We should totally do that. You know, have a bunch of Dominic's friends and stuff like that, oh. and see how they feel about religion as a as a young person today. Oh, absolutely. That sounds like a great show, actually. Okay, so next week we'll be talking to the Utah Outcast. These guys are great. We'll be talking about Mormonism. Should be really fun. Uh, of course, on the twenty third is our five year anniversary show, and we're starting our. 
sixth year with the legendary Richard Carrier, our favorite okay. historian. Well, well, you know, him and, him and David Fitzgerald, for sure. <laughs> so in April, we'll be talking to Professor Joel Bakken about corporations. I'm so excited! That's going to be interesting. Talk uh, about psychopaths. We'll be also Jesus. be talking to Dr. Matthew Hussinger about conspiracy theories. This will uh, also be very interesting. And our friend Dr. Hector Garcia comes back to talk about his latest book. That's going to be great, too. And, of course, in May, we'll be talking to our old buddy, Dr. Del Rey. We'll be talking about... Wonderful. Yeah, how to uh, renegotiate your relationship. And then, well, of course, we also have Sarah Austin. She's a, she's a transgendered woman and also a popular YouTuber. She's coming on the show to talk about what she's going through. Oh, I'm so awesome. excited. Yeah. yeah. Lots of great stuff coming down the pipe, mm-hmm. as per usual. All right. Anything else we need to say? No, we're just glad you're listening, and we want you to keep listening. And we love um, those of you who take some suggestions at the end of our show and, and listen to some of the other podcasts that are around yeah. to exactly. help the atheist world yeah. grow. Yeah. Bit. And go yeah. sit outside and get some sunshine or rain. Just enjoy nature. <laughs> That's good advice. It looks very sunny out. It is so. very sunny All right. here right now. Yeah. Oh, and oh, by the way, uh, we were just on the Apologetics, Unapologetics oh, with Brent yes. and Nikki. Follow that. These They're guys amazing. are great. We uh, crashed our show. and uh, <laughs> fun. We, we love them. They might not have recovered since. That's okay. <laughs> so follow that. All right, guys. Perfect. Until next week. Until next time. Have a good one. Au revoir. Au revoir. I find it disgraceful that many Body voices. Yes, yes, yes that's us. Yes. You nailed it. Thanks for being on the show. Hope to see you some other time. I am your conscience. <laughs> yes. Oh we haunt you, Steve. We haunt you. That's a scary thought. That's what happens when you make a left in the valley. You've been haunted. You might oh, more like uh, inside out than uh, haunting. Yeah, there we go. Well, I, I guess we I, could, I am sad. We could, we could, <laughs> oh, we could change the name of the show to Disembodied in the Valley. Yeah, that works too. That's classy. Which one of us is going to be Rage? Can I be Rage? Right you want to be Rage? Okay, you, you can be Rage. Yeah. Nancy's just going to be Death. <laughs> <laughs> If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.